What's up? What's happening? Welcome back to another episode of Just a Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Austin Heinel. What's up? How's everyone been? I know it's been a while. Uh, I did tweet out there was an episode that was to come out like a week ago. Uh, and I was planning, I recorded it the night before, had it all set. I was going to post it first thing in the morning. And then, boom, I woke up, it was gone. And... Yeah, that's basically it. There wasn't another episode um, for me to post. And it was kind of like a really busy time. I couldn't record another episode uh, with a ton of stuff going on. Um, We had uh, just a lot of practices. um, We have some different college coaches coming in uh, to our practices and and, 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 uh, showing some technique and stuff. It was really cool. We had pit head coach. Uh, Keith Gavin come in. Um, we also had the Virginia Tech coaches. I might have said that before. Uh, and just the other day, we had the Army West Point coaches coming into practice, which is really cool um, to have those guys in uh, to, to coach some of our guys. We also had some competitions and stuff over the weekend that we were going to. I went and saw my brother uh, wrestle at the Washington and Jefferson Open. Uh, he wrestles for Washington and Jefferson. It was their home uh it's kind of like their home tournament. It was nice for me to be able to go see him wrestle. He ended up making it to the finals. Uh, he 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 made it there pretty dominantly, but then he ended up he ended up running into the number one guy in the weight class at uh, at one hundred and forty nine pounds, number one guy in the country, uh, and it it didn't go so hot. But it was really nice to be able to. It was the first time I got to see my brother this season. Uh, he's looking good. I think he's still ranked, or it might be like an honorable mention, but. Uh, really excited to watch him in his senior season. He's actually coming up on a hundred wins soon, which is kind of cool. And then uh, uh, West Penn Duels, uh, the tournament that uh we run, uh, that was this past weekend, which was a lot of fun. Um, shout out to all the uh OMP wrestlers that uh that competed on our teams. Um, and also shout out to the families and parents and all the other people that helped us out set up. Uh, an awesome tournament. Shout out to Tyrant. Um, uh, Tyrant does a good job of helping us set up a tournament, and it was our first time moving out of uh like we used to run it in a high school gymnasium. Now we're running it in a giant convention center with uh sixty two teams from all over uh from all over the country. So it was awesome. Thanks for all for all the teams that participated. I hope everyone had a good time. Um, our elementary team. So yeah, it was elementary division, middle school division, high school division. I think our elementary division, I don't think they placed that high. Um, there were a lot of tough elementary teams. Um, I forget, dang, I forget their record. Uh, and then also uh, for the elementary team, our outstanding... So we, for what we did for West Penn Duels is each team... It's kind of cool how we do this. We have an award made for each team. Uh, for an outstanding wrestler, so instead of having one outstanding wrestler for the whole tournament, it's nice that like, even though you may your team may not win, your team still gets to pick, uh, an outstanding wrestler for your team. So, um, it's nice to get the kids some hardware and stuff like that. So, uh, I believe our elementary outstanding wrestler was Little Hudson Homan. Shout out to Hudson. Um, again, uh, I don't think he was undefeated. He wasn't our most dominant wrestler, but. Uh, what he demonstrated off the mat, um, cheering on all his teammates, 
um, uh, getting excited for the matches, um, wrestling hard, fighting through every match. Uh, so uh, shout out to little Hudson Homan from Hickory, Pennsylvania. Uh, and also for our middle school team, our middle school team took second, uh, which I was actually really impressed with. I, I not to uh, to take away any credit from our guys. You know, there's a lot of tough teams that um, that come to this tournament, and um, we had a couple holes in our lineup. Uh, I think we had, I think we were giving up one forfeit, one or two forfeits, and um, I mean we were able to pull out really close dual meets. Um, so uh, and 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 it all came down to our OW Andrew Sharp from Baldwin. Shout out to Andrew Sharp. Uh, the dual meet came down to the last match, and he was our uh, closing guy. Um, and it was there were a lot of tight matches where we had to pull out a decision, pull out a last second reversal to win the match and win the duel. So, um, it was, uh, it was kind of a no brainer give him the OW for for coming up big for the team, and uh, our high school team uh, took fifth. Now, usually when it's your own tournament, there's some home cooking, right? Uh, that's usually what like people. It's not a spoken thing, but like if. If your school was running a tournament, you would expect that school's wrestlers maybe to get a preferential seed, maybe and maybe keep them away from the number one seeded guy, you know. But uh, I don't know. Maybe it was just we want. Uh, I I wasn't in charge of seeding. I I blame my other coaches, uh, the other guys that were running the tournament. But um, yeah, our poll was loaded because we ended up going two and three. I believe in our pool. We were two and two in our last match wrestling Ohio Titans out of Ohio, and we tied. It was a tied dual meet, came down to criteria, and it was regular high school weights, but we added ninety eight pounds, so it was fifteen weight classes. So what ninety eight, one hundred six, one thirteen, all the way up. So I think now I'm not sure. I swear I thought first criteria was most six point wins. Which I thought we had, but it, maybe because since it wasn't usually it's seven seven split tie, it might be total number of actual matches. One is the first criteria, or first criteria is obviously penalty points. But um, it came down to they had eight wins, we had seven. We ended up losing, and and it kind of took us out of a kind of trophy contention. But we ended up finishing fifth. But before our your crossover match, we had like exhibition rounds just to make sure our guys got matches. And we wrestled the team that took third, that ended up taking third later on in the day, and we smoked them. Uh, so I don't know, maybe there was something going on with the seating, and you know, maybe it's just all matchups with wrestling. Yeah, wrestling is all matchups, but uh, I think uh, our high school team definitely, I think, um, performed better than where we ended up. Uh, a lot of guys wrestled really well. I'm really proud of our guys. And oh yeah, OW goes to uh Tebow Tyler Tyler Chapel from Seneca Valley. We call him Tebow. Um little uh little fire plug, beast of a kid. Um uh, I say beast, he's he's only ninety eight pounds, uh, but um give him some time to develop into a hundred and six pounder. Uh he'll 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 be a real threat. I'm telling you that. Um so yeah, so a lot of stuff going on, a lot of wrestling, a lot of stuff going on with college wrestling. Uh, I've I've actually had a lot of fun watching a lot of these dual meets um, over the last couple weeks. Um, 
I like watching the opens, but like it's so hard to watch those type of tournaments. Unless it's like NCAAs where I'm trying to watch every match. Opens are like there's obviously some wrestlers that I would prefer to watch more than others, but it's really hard to, for me to to go in and kind of look at results. I'll maybe click on one match here and there if I see a uh, a close result or a match. I'm like, hey, I wonder how that turned out. But dual meets, man, I I'm I'm torn. But man, dual meets are some are fun, especially with college, because it's just like it's like a college game day. You got number number three Ohio State versus um. Like like versus Pitt, who's got a tough team. That was a fun duel. Uh, shout out to Louis Knoll, um, OMP wrestling alumni, uh, four time PIAA state medalist. Uh, he got the he got the starting nod for Pitt at 125 pounds, and um, he actually got the start the last two duel meets first against Campbell. Um, had a tough loss, and then he also lost a tough one to Malik Heinzelman. Ended up getting the first takedown. Um, but ended up losing, I think, 11-7, to I believe, to Malik. Uh, it was a really close match. He ended up giving a takedown and two near fall at the end of the second period, which is, I mean, it's that's big points, especially in a close match, right? You can't be living up, you can't be giving up big points late in a period. Um, but, I mean, he's putting up a lot of points. I mean, I think it is lost to Cam, in the Campbell duel. I think he scored like eight points. And then this match against Malik, he scored seven. So he's he's producing a lot of points. I think we just got to start working on um, limiting the scoring of the other guy. Uh, yeah, but I'm really excited to keep seeing Louie in the lineup. Um, I thought that Pitt, speak, speaking of that whole dual meet, that was kind of the whole thing. Pitt was getting the first takedown in a lot of these matches, and they were looking good. Um, I really thought coming in, especially watching Ohio State versus Stanford, um, I was like, hey, Pitt could have a chance. A lot of a lot of people around the area were like, hey, I think Pitt has a chance. Um, it's at home in Pitt. Uh, and they got they got to they got to win those close matches. But um, it it was tough. Uh, Kellen Stout got beat pretty bad by Colin Moore. Uh, we were hoping that maybe he could keep it close. Uh, Demetri- uh Demetrius Thomas ended up losing to Chase Singletary, which really hurt. Um, that was a match they really needed to win if they were going to pull the upset. Uh, again, same thing. Demetrius got the first takedown. Um, and uh, uh, he just couldn't keep putting it on. Um, wasn't getting to his clean finishes. Singletary was, ended up uh, battling back in that match. Uh, we already, I already said Louie lost a tough one. Uh, 33, uh, Flippy versus Kenner. Um, just a, I mean... Mickey Filippi, I never expect him to blow the doors off. He's always he's always just a winner. It's like that Dean Hile style. Um, we'll just he'll get a takedown. He's hard to score on. He's tough on top, and he gets out on bottom. Um, again, Kenner, I think they had a they had a match at the Michigan State Open, which was a close one. So, uh, I mean, Mickey's just got he's always going to wrestle that style. I mean, I think if he's offensive, he scores. Um, more often than not, uh, I mean, that's how I think he got the win last year over Dayton Fix. He ended up taking that offensive single leg. So be interested to see how he does the rest of the season, especially in the field of 133 pounds. Uh, not as deep as last year, but it's uh, still one of the tougher weight classes this year. 41 was the, in my head, I thought this could be 
electric. This is this is what could be like the turning point of the dual meet is uh, number one Luke Pletcher versus Cool Matthews. I thought stylistically they're both they're almost built the exact same. They're short, stocky. Neither of them shoot a lot. So I thought maybe hey this could be a match where it's going to be a close scoring match and that gives Cole Matthews an advantage and Cole Matthews dangerous. He's good at countering. He's scrambly and um, he's a pinner. He, he he looks to catch people on their back. He's got a mean near side cradle. Uh, he demonstrated that against Josh Heil Campbell, uh, pinning him in the first period. So, but <laughs> Luke Pletcher put a quick end to that. Man, I mean, when, again, uh, Cole Matthews. Cole Matthews was the first takedown. First takedown. I'm looking. Oh, this is it, man. This is it. But then Pletcher showed why he's the number one ranked wrestler, and. I I think it's I think it's his, honestly I think it is his. Nick Lee might be the guy to beat him. Uh, I mean, Real Woods pushed him, but I think Nick Lee is definitely I think the man that can push him. Dom Demas, it's just Styles. Luke Pletcher, <laughs> I don't know who. There's not many people who can inside trip Luke Pletcher. I mean, he's just so low to the ground. Uh, his stance is really good. He's he's always. It's just hard to get to his legs, not just for inside trips, but leg attacks in general. Um, you know, it took Real Woods all the way into overtime to get to get to his leg. You know, um, yeah, I think Pletcher is definitely the number one guy until he runs into Nickley, and then we see where they stack up. Um, and also, yeah, you can't you can't count out Mitch McKee. We'll get to we'll get to Minnesota here in a second, but man, Mitch McKee is dominating everybody right now. Um, so yeah, I think... I don't know if Pletcher got the tech. Alright, hold on. Handy dandy laptop. Box scores, box scores, box scores. Box scores. Ooh, quit playing, Yad. Unless, unless Flo's ready to hand me that check. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, f- no free flow advertisements. I'm just, I'm looking at Google. No, I'm kidding. Shout out to Flo. Here we go. Where's it at? Where's it at? Oh, wait. No, this is upcoming. Oh, wait. I, I'm going to look at that later. What's upcoming? What what duels are coming up this week? All right, here we go. Ohio State versus Pitt. Luke Pletcher, major decision, twenty three to nine. Yikes! When have we ever seen Luke Pletcher score over twenty? Over fifteen? Man. Like I've never seen Luke Pletcher score this amount, uh, this amount, uh, this much uh, ugh, English, this many points before. Even coming up through, uh, like high school. I mean, obviously the kids that he should be beating, he was pound, pinning, teching, all that different type of stuff. But close matches t- against good quality opponents, and even all through college, we've never really seen this out of him. But I think he's, I think one forty one. He's strong. He's not cutting. He looks huge at 141. I think I uh, he's going to be real tough to beat. Um, 149, Sammy Sasso versus Luke Kemmer. 
Uh, I'm not going to say I didn't see the pin coming. I mean, Luke Kemmer, he's real stingy. Uh, usually doesn't give a lot of points. Maybe he thought we can give him some fits, maybe save some bonus, maybe try to keep it to a decision, maybe a major decision. Uh, but no, Sammy Sasu was dangerous. He ended up picking up the pin uh, late in the third. Or no, early in the third, sorry. 157, and then this is kind of like the duel was just, I think, out of reach at this point. Um, Talebramani got a win over Cleary, 6-1. to one. Um, There was really a whole lot of danger. Wetzel, Jake Wetzel picks up the upset over Ethan Smith. And, um, I mean, yeah, like a, again, a match that, again, Pitt needed if they were going to pull the upset. And, and Jake ended up doing the dang thing. Winning a close one three to two, uh, Ethan Smith for me I think he's a hit or miss wrestler for Ohio State. Uh, I mean, while well, he did he did just beat David McFadden, but we'll get to that dual meet too. Just so many, just a whole lot of fun dual meets this past weekend. I was I was I mean trying to watch them in the middle of setting up a tournament, coaching a tournament, following along. Man, there was so much wrestling going on. And then uh, Caleb Romero beating Greg Harvey. And Nino Bonacorsi winning over Gavin, Gavin Hoffman. PA on PA crime there. Oh, Jake Wetzel versus Ethan Smith, PA on PA. Sammy Sasso versus Kemmerer, Pennsylvania versus Pennsylvania. Luke Pletcher versus Cole Matthews, Pennsylvania versus Pennsylvania. Oh, man. Just Pennsylvania on Pennsylvania crime everywhere. Right, and then one duel that I did get to see, like actually sit down and enjoy, uh, uh, were was the uh, Ryder versus Minnesota duel. Uh, the guy was just it was just on. It was late. I was like, hey, why not watch it? You know, like Minnesota's got some tough guys. Um, some of the like I got Brayton Lee on my fantasy team. I was like just watching him. I mean, just seeing how he's gonna end up doing. Cause I think he. I mean, I'm, I'm ho- he's one of my hopefuls to, to score me some points at, uh, at the NCAA tournament. But um, out the gate, 125. I mean, Patrick McKee's a highly touted freshman. Uh, people expect a lot of stuff out of him. Uh, Jonathan Tropia. I don't believe... No, I'm thinking of Stanford. Never mind. Uh, but yeah, Jonathan Tropia from Ryder put on a takedown clinic. Just blast doubles, high crotches, getting the quick finishes, very explosive. Pat McKee could not scramble, couldn't uh, do anything really to stop. He had no answer. And I really thought Tropia was going to pick up the major. Um, but I think McKee might have got a takedown or a reversal. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, yeah, so Ryder picks up the first win of the dual meet. I mean, hey, that's I was like, that was a good win. I was interested to see how the rest of the dorm was going to go. Really, no one that I wasn't familiar with at 133, Chris Wright. Um, I believe Chris Wright is from PA. Yeah, 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 yeah. He is a PA guy. I forget from where, though. I, rem- I remember this match now. Yeah, Chris Wright over Brent Jones from Minnesota. 6-5 uh, to five decision. Chris Wright was killing him on top, I believe. I think that's what was. I think that's what ended up winning him the duel. Brent Jones, I think, got the first takedown, and then I mean Chris Wright got on top and started throwing boots in, and it was, 
those lights out. He was looking for turns, got near fall, and then held on for, I think, was it riding time? I can't remember. But ended up picking up the win for Ryder. So Ryder takes a takes a 6 nothing lead out the gate. And then, boom, Mitch McKee, the man, picks up a pin in 40 seconds. And it was all from, I think, that head pitch head pinch position. Like, he, he he's learned to take his most deadliest weapon in freestyle and, and is utilizing it in folk style. Really creative. And a thing with Mitch McKee, I think he's got a real high bonus rate. He's pinning a lot of kids. He's he's bonusing major in Tekken. Uh, I'm actually really interested to see where he stacks up at 141. He's looking big. He's looking strong. Uh, and he's really fun to watch. Then 49, Brayton Lee versus Gino Fleury. And it's basically, it was 11-7. to 7. And, man, like, when you watch Brayton Lee wrestle, like, you don't, I don't get this feeling watching anyone else, but when I watch Brayton Lee wrestle, I wish takedowns were three points. I really do. Because the dude, Brayton Lee has no presence on top at all. I think that's why he's so good at freestyle. But, man, he gets, he, he takes the dude down, uh, like, four or five times. And the kid gets out five, six times, you know, it's, uh, but I think he ended up, did give, he did give up one takedown. I think it was late in the match, but, um, yeah, it just, I feel for, like, it's the only time I watch wrestling, I go, takedown should be three points. Honestly, I mean, with near fall being four, well, that'd be nuts, a takedown three and near fall four, up seven, nothing out the gate, that might be ridiculous. That might be real ridiculous. I don't know. Because, like, man, you get four takedowns and the kid gets four escapes. He gets one takedown and he's in the match. Six, You know, it's... Because, like, I mean, like, because no one can really hang with Brayton on his feet. His lefty high crotch. He sometimes throws in an outside step. It's good. Takes a lot of people down. Uh... So um, Minnesota takes the lead. They're winning uh, nine to six. I mean, I mean, Brayton Lee with like him giving up all these escapes really hurts. Like in a sense of like he he's not going to be scoring bonus. He's not going to be a bonus scorer. He's just going to win the takedown battle. Uh, you got the next match one fifty seven. Uh, Riders top dog. Uh, I think. Is he their only ranked? He, I think he was their only ranked wrestler at the time. Um, but now I think like Tropia jumped in, jumped into the rankings. Um, but yeah, Jesse Delavecchia from Ryder at one fifty seven over Carson Brolsma, uh, three to two. It was a tight one. I mean Brolsma, um, was just uh, doing a good job keeping it close, uh, frustrating Delavecchia, but uh, he ended up pulling it through. What is he? What is Delavecchia ranked? Hold on a second. Man, Flo, I'm interested to see how Flo's high school rankings come out. Because, man, there's a ton of them. I wonder, like, how legit they're going to be. Or how often they're going to update them. Rocket Mortgage, no. Mute this. Mute. There we go. Bad radio. 
157, 157, 157. Oh, he's ranked 8th. Hmm. I mean, could he sneak into that podium spot? You got Anthony Artelona, Quincy Monday's looking real tough. You got freshman Will Luan. You got Taleb Romani. I'm going to be honest. I think, I mean, you got Hayden Hydley, Caleb Young, Brian Deacon. Uh, throw Larry Early in there. I think that's a solid top four. Berge, I mean, he's up at 57 now. I mean, he was at U- U23 qualifier. He did get hit in the head at U23, so he hasn't been wrestling for, with, uh, for the... Uh... Oh, wait, or did he? Did he wrestle in that dual meet? No, I th- no, I think Bo Pfeiffer wrestled. I think Bo Pfeiffer wrestled. Um, yeah, so we don't know the status of Berge yet, but, I mean, it, can he be that fifth guy? Uh, is he big enough for 57? I know the cut to 49 was rough, but, you know, we'll see how he does. Kendall Coleman, I think he's legit. I mean, he, I mean he's going to be a freshman. He may have one of those freshman moments coming up, but, I mean, so far I think he's undefeated. Uh, beating Artelona, or no, I think he beat someone that beat Artelona, if I remember back to the Michigan State Open. Yeah, you know, it's going to be hard. They're gonna, people are going to be fighting for that, like, like five, six, seven, eight. You know, they're going to be fighting to break in through that top four, fighting to fight for a podium spot. I mean, I wasn't wholly, I wasn't really impressed with Delavecchia in that dual meet. I mean, Brolsma's tough, but, you know, if you're ranked top eight in Brolsma, I don't believe is ranked. Or he might have been at the, no, he, he, I don't think he was ranked. So a tough one, but you know it's still points for Ryder. Uh, what was this? Bailey O'Reilly over uh, Giorgio Pulis, or uh, I'm sorry if I butchered that name, but yeah, two unranked guys. I mean, it was fun to watch. It was a seventeen to nine major. O'Reilly, I think, poured it on at the end, um, and then seventy four really shocked me. Uh, Devin Skatska, he was ranked. I believe top eight at 174. Um, been around in the NCAA. Has some really good wins. Um, definitely a solid wrestler. But Dean Sherry from... Dean Sherry, sorry. Dean Sherry from Ryder. Big mane of hair. Tatted up. Jack dude. Man, he showed no respect. He was going out and shooting. Being offensive. And Skatska really had no answer. Um... I mean, I think Skatsa got a takedown one point in the match, but Sherry just kept coming. Uh, definitely, he's dangerous underneath. Like, he shoots, he gets in underneath, and he gets that elbow, and he dumps you, uh, looking to get you to your back. Uh, and then ended up uh, uh, catching Skatsa in a cradle and sticking him in the second period. Just looked dominant. And with a, with, and like having a solid win under over a guy like Skatsa, I'd be interested to see. Um, how Sherry stacks up with the rest of the field at 74. I mean, I think they slotted him in. I think they shot him straight up, ranked in the top 10. Let me see. Yeah, Dean Sherry, Ryder, ranked ninth with his win over Skatska. Yeah, I mean, he looked good. Looked real good. Uh... 
wait, why am I not picking him up in fantasy? I need a 174-pounder. Who would I drop? Who would I drop? I'll get the fantasy in a sec, just like a quick fantasy recap, but I want to get these duels done first. I watched the Oklahoma State-Drexel match kind of at the same time. Kind of had it going on in the background. I mean, man, I don't know what the heck Oklahoma State's doing right now with their lineup. Like, um, like Reese Whitcraft was in the lineup, but he ended up losing to Chandler Olsen. For me, I think that looks good for Cade Brock. If Cade Brock can make his return, I still have him on my lineup in fantasy. I mean, man, he could toss that weight class on its head if he can get down to 33 and he's healthy and makes it back. Because I think he is he is a clear number two guy. Or maybe not clear. I mean, you got DeSanto. But man, that would be electric. I've said that before in an episode. Please, I want to see DeSanto versus Cade Brock. Please. Has that already happened? I feel like that's already happened. i got to maybe find it. Look over it. But yeah, a lot of, no, a lot of guys I'm not familiar with. Um... Coming out of the Oklahoma State lineup. I mean, Bula Wallen made his return. Looks solid. He's slick, man. Bula Wallen is slick. I'm glad I picked him up on my team. And you got guys like Dusty Hone at 141. Uh, had a nice 6-0 win. Um, yeah, no Caden G. Feller. I'd be shocked if Dusty Hone is the number one guy over G. Feller. Maybe it's just like a descent plan thing. Maybe he's not certified yet. Who knows? But... I definitely would expect to see G. Feller be the guy at 41. I'd be shocked if he wasn't. Um, you got guys like Wyatt Sheets stepping at 57, hey, uh, beating a really tough Car- uh, Parker Crotman. You had uh, Travis Whitlake beating Ebbett Gerald, who's a, uh, a really solid ranked guy. I think he was ranked 12th at the time. Really shows, uh, I mean, Whitlake was a really uh, highly uh, highly ranked recruit coming in. Um, that's a definitely a good test out the gate. Uh, really controlled that match. Um, Dakota Gear looked good, especially up at uh, ninety seven. Yeah, so that's that dual meet. Uh, well, Oklahoma State then goes on to wrestle Lehigh, and they end up losing on criteria. They were tied twenty to twenty. Reese Whitcraft wasn't was ruled ineligible to wrestle because of a uh, skin check. I mean, people are all upset about skin checks and the doctor and all this stuff. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, I mean, it's it's part of the sport. You got to beat it. You know, there's like, there's health stuff with headgear and stuff. I hate it, but I mean, you got to do. What you got to do. You got to, you know, throw some makeup on. <laughs> you know, make it look good. Do something. I mean, it stinks for Oklahoma State, but happens all the time. I see guys at Hershey get pulled because of skin checks. Oh no, what happened? Wasn't there somebody a couple years ago who got who couldn't wrestle at states because of a skin check? Or was it the Whippeal tournament? Might have been Whippeals, something like that. But yeah, uh. Any other real things that stuck out? Oh, yeah. Um, where did it go? Where did it go? No, it's... um. Shoot. 
It had to do with uh, Ohio State. Oh, yeah, Ohio State versus Virginia Tech. Uh, Ohio State versus Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech pulls the upset over Ohio State. Uh, Joey Prada with a solid win over Malik Heinzelman. Um, Girardi beating Kenner. Pletcher majoring Mitch Moore. Again, Pletcher's on a roll. Mitch Moore's dangerous. And speaking of the Moores and being dangerous, Brent Moore pins Sammy Sasso in the first period. Um... I mean, people are saying that, like, uh, yeah, Sammy made a mistake. He got caught. I mean, yeah, but, like, you can't, like, you can't say it was a fluke. I mean, Moore did the dang thing. Like, he, he, solid defense. Sam, I think Sasa went for, like, a duck. Kind of got caught on his heels. Moore was pressuring in. And kind of just got caught, like, a pancake position. Over, under, caught on his back. Um, and Moore picked, picked up the fall. Yeah, Moore's are pinners. They're fun. Uh, I think someone picked more up after that in fantasy, which is not a bad pick. Um, I mean, he had like real tough. He might have been like zero and two going into that match or something. He, like he had two tough losses, but I think there were other ranked individuals. Um, but Virginia Tech, man, they got a lineup, and they even pulled the upset. That's right, Ethan Smith beat David McFadden. Even with that, uh, Ethan Smith looked good in that match too. You know, it's just. It's hard to get a read, you know. Maybe Ethan Smith is just that guy that can get a win over a ranked, a really elite guy in a dual meet, just because it could be just because it was a Sunday, you know. But be interested to see. I mean, I think McFadden, he's been proven, you know. He he definitely shows up later, uh, when it matters late in the season. Um. Yeah, I I definitely still expect him to sit up pretty high, at one sixty five. Uh, Ohio State. They they left uh, they left Romero off on the bench. They threw Rocky Jordan in to see if he could, uh, you know, they're trying to they're trying to play out their lineup. They're I mean, Tom Ryan. I think they just put out a video saying that, uh, or an article saying that he's willing to look at all options. I mean, he's they're they're trying to throw the whole kitchen sink at you know trying to get a trophy this season. I mean, I don't know. Like this is a whole lot of work. I mean, I mean. If I think of it, like a, me as a coach, I mean I'm high, I'm only high school level. I don't I don't even know. Couldn't imagine what it'd be like at the college level, with all the other different uh, aspects of it: recruiting, scholarships, different stuff like red shirting. Like I don't know, like. I mean, if, as a coach, I, do you always go with the attitude of, hey, let's win now, win now, try to try to win now? You know, I mean. I mean, I mean, you got to do it if you think you can win it. And like Iowa and I mean, Iowa and Penn State, I think are are definitely leagues above everybody right now in terms of individual team race. But man, I mean, like Ohio State's lineup can look completely different by the by the time March comes. I mean, you could have. And Chimendia in the lineup. You could have Pletcher down a weight. You could have uh, maybe Decatur in the lineup. Or Decatur, whatever you want to call him. Whatever his name is. I've heard it pronounced many different ways. Uh, you could have... Again, you got Rocky Jordan and, and, and Caleb Romero thinking about... You got uh, Zach Steiner and Gavin Hoffman. Uh, yeah, it's just a, a whole toss-up. Hey, even even though like Chase Singletary, I know he was at U twenty threes. They got a pretty solid backup. 
I forget his name. He he wrestled in the Stanford Duel. Picked up a, a nice win. But yeah, uh I mean I mean I'm I'm a Pennsylvania guy, I'm a Penn State guy. And even like I even even though I'm a Penn State fan, I root for Iowa too. I'm I'm very anti Ohio State. <laughs> so to say I wasn't excited, you know, to see them lose, I was pretty excited, but yeah. College dual meets are fun. <laughs> Don't have this much fun in high school dual meets, I'll tell you that, but man, college dual meets are fun. Iowa shut out Chattanooga. Yeah, I can start getting into some fantasy talk now. Um, so yeah, I was kind of just peeking at different stuff for my fantasy team. Um, actually, let me update you with my roster because, I mean, I did that on the episode that got deleted. Um, but yeah, but I can do that real quickly. Uh, so yeah, Michigan State Open. Brock Hutkins had a really good go from Indiana, 125-pounder. He beat a lot of ranked dudes like Drew Hildebrandt, Mike Kuleoko, who's a tough freshman from Penn. Man, and he looked good. And I'm like, where did he come from? And I started doing a little digging, doing a little research. Uh, he actually, he's been plagued with some injuries, but I think he's healthy. He redshirted last year um, after transferring from NIU to Indiana. And now he's under coach Esposito. Uh, no, wait, what's his name? Is it Esposito? No, Esposito is... Oh my God, I'm going to... This is going to drive me nuts. Esposito is Oklahoma State. Indiana wrestling head coach. Escobedo. That's it. He's he's with Angel Escobedo. Um, he's one of the assistant coaches, I believe, not the head coach, but uh, one of the one of the best lightweights, maybe in, to come to come out of college. You know, uh. Like it's, I think having him in his corner and, and developing him, uh, he's looking pretty solid, uh, especially in his uh, senior 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 campaign. Uh, but I yeah I went back and looked. Uh, I think it was his freshman year, or his sophomore year. He was a blood round guy, like NCAA tournament, NCAA qualifier. Um, kind of got lucky with his draw. I mean. He he lost to I forget from the dude from Nebraska, but he ended up battling all the way back in the consolations and faced uh, Nick Piccinini in the blood round and only lost seven to five. I saw that result and I was like, whoa, that's like, I mean Nick Piccinini pinned Spencer Lee, you know. I mean obviously I'm not Nick Piccinini. I think has jumped a lot of levels, but I mean you got Brock Hudkins. Took some time, probably healed his injuries, redshirted, transferred to Indiana, now with Escobedo. I think he might be in a good spot. Um, He's ranked right now top eight. Uh, I think, especially in the Big Ten, you got Spencer Lee, Sebastian Rivera, if he comes back down to 25, Rayvon Foley. Uh, And also Devin, oh, I think he beat Schroeder. Did he beat Schroeder? Yeah, I think he beat Schroeder from Purdue. But still, Schroeder's tough. Um, I'll be interested to see how he does, um, especially later in the season. Yeah, so I picked him up. Uh, I kind of forget who I dropped for him. But yeah, so right now I got two 125-pounders. I got Patrick Glory, obviously, and then Brock Hudkins. Uh, 133, I still got Seth Gross and Cade Brock. 
hoping Cade Brock will come back. But Seth Gross, um, oh yeah, that's right, Bill Farrell. I got to cover Bill. Give my Bill Farrell thoughts. I didn't watch a whole lot of the tournament that was going on. It was going on while West Penn was going. I mean, a lot of my wrestlers were going, hey, like, Seth Gross won, or this guy won, Nolf won, Chenzo won. So I was getting updates and stuff, but we were just really busy that weekend. Uh, I kind of went back and just watched the medal matches that night. Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. I'm getting so off topic here. Uh, yeah, so I got Seth Gross, my man, my, my first-round pick, my team captain. Team pick top, uh, K Brock 33. 41, I still have G Feller, and I still am keeping Josh Heil. I thought about dropping him maybe. I mean, I might drop him to pick up uh, Sherry from Ryder just so I can have a 74. But, I mean, like, Josh Heil, he's tough. Like, he, he impressed me last year at NCAAs, and I think he was at 49 last year. And now having him at 41, maybe at a better weight. I mean, he's got some good wins. It's just, I don't know. I think, I mean, Matthews looked tough. Matthews, I think, could pit anybody if he gets a cradle locked up or gets you on your back. Um, I mean, I, I, just like his brother, I don't think you can count him out. I'm hesitant on holding on to him. The only reason I'm hesitating on holding on to him is just is because I haven't seen G-Feller yet. Like, Hopefully there's nothing going on there. But, okay. 49. I made some moves. Um, I still have Brayton Lee, Bula Wallen. Again, I forget who I dropped, but I picked up Yaya Thomas from Northwestern. Um, I was kind of looking at results. I think Willie Saylor had him on his crystal ball rankings, I think. <laughs> had him on his crystal ball rankings. And I'm like, hmm, I haven't seen any of his matches, but I looked at some of his results. I mean, like, Brock Mahler, he's ranked number two. I think they had a common opponent. I think Brock Mahler only beat him, beat the dude 8 nothing, Something like that. I mean, Brock Mahler's not a huge point scorer, but, I mean, he's ranked number two. He's a top four All-American. But Yaya, I think, majored him as well, but scored a whole ton of points. Maybe up in the teens, I believe. And then... Uh, I was actually proven right on my pick of picking him up uh, with him wrestling Max Thompson from UNI in their dual meet. Again, another dual meet. Northwestern picking up the upset over UNI, who's ranked pretty high on the uh, on the flow team rankings. Uh, but it was it was a close match. Yaya had the lead with like thirty seconds to go in the third period. Looked solid, but Max Thompson got on the leg, and it was kind of like a reaction time position, but, I mean, there was a lot of debate on Twitter on whether or not it was, like, the right position to be called uh, for, like, a reaction, like, no reaction time takedown. In my opinion, like, people are bringing up that rule. In my opinion, I think in college, it should be no reaction, like, for everything, um, just to make it clear-cut. If you just leave it to interpretation for, um, like, just for a rear standing position and a hand touches, you know, I mean, like, why not the Jordan Oliver position? Shouldn't that, I mean, that's a special role. Like, if a guy's on his butt and you got both legs, that's two. You know, shouldn't that be also no, uh, no reaction time? I don't know. I think, I think, yeah, 
it should have been two. I mean, but with the current rule and how it's stated, I don't. I think there should have been allowed reaction time, and maybe Yaya could have won that match and be ranked in the top five. But yeah, I'm really confident in that pick. Man, I like. I got three solid forty nine pounders. Maybe I can use one to trade. Get maybe get a seventy four pounder or maybe. Maybe a fifty seven pound. No. I don't know. I'm rocking with my team right now. My like, I don't want to lose any. I don't want to drop anybody. I'm really. I'm thinking. I think maybe. Maybe uh, maybe a fifty seven. I don't know. But I got my forty nines. I'm. Uh, I think I'm locked and loaded there. Fifty seven. I got Anthony Artelona from Penn. Uh, and then uh, Kendall Coleman. I think Kendall Coleman is definitely my heavy hitter there. I mean Artelona. It's tough. Man, actually, I got to follow up on Penn. I don't know any more results on Artelona. I got to look more into that. Because I know he took a loss at the Michigan State Open. Was it to Coleman? Or was it to somebody else? Might have been to somebody else. And then Coleman beat that guy. Uh, yeah, in 65, I got Evan Wick. He's looking good. 74, I don't have anybody. 84, I got Trent Hydley. Uh, he's looking dominant. Picking up bonus and pins. Uh, I I have Jake Woodley, uh, at my one ninety seven. Um, yeah, he, he had a really good match against Colin Moore. Like took him to overtime, uh, and that was at the Michigan State Open. But then he took a loss to, I want to say a guy from Rutgers. Was it Pagano? Might have been Pagano, but I mean, like, and he's also got he had like a three two win over Colin McCracken from Kent State. He had another close match, but I mean, he was a U twenty three world or world teamer before Bo Nickel beat him to you know take his spot and then be a world champ. You know, like I think Jake Woodley's that guy. I think he'll. I think he. Uh, um, I think he'll do well. Pretty. I think he'll do pretty well um, later in the season. Maybe I can use him as trade bait. But you know, I'm I'm rocking with my team and then pulling pulling it up at the rear is Anthony Cassiope. He looked really good in that debut against Chattanooga, picking up the pin. He says he's going to try and beat uh, Iowa's pin record, which is pretty a pretty confident call. Like I like even like for a guy like Seth or like Spencer Lee. Like Spencer Lee's like real tough on top, dominant wrestler. I don't I don't know, he's not coming out and saying he's going to try and break records, you know, but I mean, he could be a four-time national champ, which is uh, I think impress like <laughs> maybe more impressive, but I mean, beating a, especially with a school like Iowa, their pin record is probably something insane. Hold on a second. I got Google. Iowa wrestling pin record. Do, 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 do. Filling in this awkward silent space. Oh, I misspelled record. Uh, wrestling records. University of Iowa Athletics. Season wins. Season pins. Oh, that's season. Wait, huh? Season record? What is this? Oh, winning percentage, career wins. 
Oh, Ed Bannock, 73 career pins. Wow. Wow. It's a lot of pins. It's a lot of pins. Hope you can do it. Uh, so that's my fantasy roster. Again, I, I told you I'm looking at Sherry. Um, I have a couple other guys that I've listed. I'm kind of watching and seeing how they do the rest of the season. Um, maybe look to see if they're going to make any moves. Uh, like I, who do I have on my list? That's um, Also, Jackson Hemauer. Oh, wait. I went to look that up. Uh, Fresno State wrestled Rutgers. Hold on a second. Control F. Find. Let's do it. Fresno. Oh yeah, Jackson Hemauer beat Willie Scott five nothing. Eh. He might be a good seventy four. I could pick up. I mean, he looked tough. Oh, also, uh, Noah Stewart at eighty four. He had a win over somebody. He looked really. Oh, at the Black Knight. Oh, who did he beat at the Black Knight? Oh, uh, Jelani Embry, I believe. I think he beat Jelani Embry. So a good 84 maybe to pick up would be like Noah Stewart. See how he does. Or wait, is that Ben Harvey's weight? No, it's not. Ben Harvey's 74. I'm getting all confused right now. All right. I guess that's his, that's his, that's good enough for fantasy for right now. I mean, I kind of went a little more in-depth last episode but that episode doesn't exist anymore um <clears throat> all right bill farrell what wait what time am i looking at what are we looking at oh we're, we're all right perfect timing so bill farrell uh again i only kind of went back and watched some matches that i really wanted to see like i went back and watched uh a lot of seth gross's matches um like him just see trying to see what he looks like at at 125 and a half pounds, like, because holy hell, he looks, I saw that picture of him at Wayne's or Chris Bono put out, he looks bad, <laughs> his head, like, looked like it grew, like, it, it, his head looked way too big for his body, man, but, hey, he, I mean, his first match, I figured it, I mean, it would be the, not the tell-all, but we'd see, like, maybe how bad it was affecting him, I mean, he pulled out the win seven to four over I should probably have this up. Austin, you're being slow. I'm just winging it. Uh Black Knight, Black Knight, Black Knight. Or no. What well, not the Black Knight. Uh Bill Farrell. Where's it at? Where's it at? Bill Farrell Memorial International. Here we go. All right. Yeah, so Gross got uh, Austin Miller first round. Beats him 7-4. to four. I was like, all right. I went and saw that match. I'm like, he looks all right. But this was after the fact I saw him won. I was like, I couldn't believe it. I could not believe he did it. I mean, I knew he was that good. And, like, I mean, this was a tough way. I, like, all right, I tweeted out a while ago. I'm like, if Nashawn gets to 57, he's my pick. I was on a real Nashawn Garrett train. 
Like my favorite wrestling match of all time is uh it was it was his NCAA finals match against Jesse Delgado. If you want to watch a crazy match, that's that's electric. Like the fastest blast doubles you've ever seen, and the fastest I've ever seen someone drop to a leg pass in my life. Crazy match. One of my favorites. So and then watching what he did at 61, like teching Joe Cologne, you know, uh, you know, maybe the weight cut has something to do with it. Who knows? But I mean, I think he's still definitely a threat. Uh, Nashawn, he ended up losing to Zane Richards in the quarters. I didn't go back and watch that match, but I heard there was like a controversial call uh, on FRL. But yeah, back to the gross. Sorry. Uh, Gross beat Austin Miller. And then, like, you you know, you got to be ready. He's got Suriano's second match. And, like, I was really interested in seeing how this went down. And it didn't disappoint. I was watching. And I was like, what the hell happened? I tried tried not seeing the score. I tried not to see the score. I I wanted to, like, use my hand to hide, like, the, 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 the score on the screen. Like, I knew he won. But I didn't want to see, like, by how bad, how much, you know, like I wanted to kind of watch the match as it unfolded. I'm like, even though I knew the outcome and for whatever reason, it, as the match kept going, I'm like, how the heck does Seth Gross pull this off? I was like, how is he going to win this match? I mean, Nick Soriano does what he does best. He's, he's very Matt savvy, very smart. Um, I mean, like he, he has this persona of, you know, like that Jersey boy, big push up, like Nikki push ups, those pull ups, you know, like. He's just like he's he's that, he got that jersey style. I mean, people meme him all the time, but he is very, very smart. I mean, that's how he beat Joe Cologne. Um, that's how he uh, won a national title. He's just very Matt savvy, and you know, like he he games well. I mean, short time left. I tell all my wrestlers all the time, like, hey, like stay offensive, get to a leg, you know, get to a leg. Um, that eats that clock. You don't get hit for stalling. You keep wrestling. You maybe hey, you maybe even try and score. I don't know if Suriano was just getting to the leg, hanging on him. I mean, Gross is very dangerous when you get to his leg, and I think Suriano is going to learn that. Uh, but I mean, Gross just pulling out that crotch, that crotch lock, um, out in the last seconds of the match. I was going nuts. I was like, he got it. I was like, he got it. No way, and because. I, I honestly, I was like, how the heck does he do it? How does he win? He did it. Moves on to the semis versus Darian Cruz. And then this is where I was like, he, I'm like, Seth Gross could be an Olympic champion. <laughs> I'm like, he could do it. Um, he texts Cruz and then he texts Tomasello in the finals looking dominant. He looks huge. He is a giant 57 kilo. Um... I mean, I'd be interested to see how he does against, um, like, foreign competition. Again, he still has to make the team. Uh, someone has to qualify the weight. There's still a whole lot of stuff to go. But, man, I'd be interested to see where Gross stacks up, uh, I guess, with the field. Um, what else did I watch? Oh, yeah, uh, last thing at 57. Uh, again, I, I was watching the metal matches live. Uh, Suriano versus Garrett was very interesting to me. Um, just 
I mean, like, even with the offense that Garrett can bring, Soriano's defense, I think, and positioning was just too much. Like, it looked like Garrett couldn't get to anything. Soriano, again, just very positionally sound, um, very explosive. Uh, looked really good at 57. Soriano is still definitely a threat, uh, especially to, to, to everybody, not just Seth Gross. Uh, 65, didn't really watch any of the early matches. Um, Joey McKenna beat Dean Heil, teched him, which I thought was impressive. Uh, oh, wait, what happened between Oliver and McKenna? Oh, 5-3? That's close. Man, McKenna could be the dude. Same with Evan Henderson. Whoa, man. my fa- That was probably my favorite match. Uh, if you want to watch a really good match, go in Flo Arena. Watch the watch the third place match at sixty five kilos. Evan Henderson versus Joey McKenna. Joey McKenna was two points away from a tech, from a ten zero tech, and Evan Henderson just literally threw the the kitchen sink and the cabinet underneath it. You know, like the whole thing attached, all the stuff inside that cat. You know the cabinet what I'm talking about. The cabinet underneath the sink, we have the bleach, the cleaners. Like, even though there's cleaners in there, that cabinet doesn't look clean. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he threw that whole thing. He's ripping headlocks, duck unders, and man, he looks huge. The, I think he's one of those guys that dropped from 70 to 65. And kind of like what it's showing is like, the guys that are dropping are looking good, looking strong. Um. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm interested to see how a lot of these weights pan out, especially if we get closer to other Olympic qualifying tournaments. Oh wait, yeah, the finals. Sorry, I saw Oliver versus Molinero. Uh, man, Oliver's quick. He's f- slicker than hell. It's just I. I don't know. I can't root for the guy. I don't know. I cannot root for him. He's fun to watch. He's fun to root against, I can tell you that, but man, I just I don't I don't like him. I don't know. I don't know what it is. He's got he's definitely good at playing the bad guy persona. Um I mean, I mean I'm not saying I was rooting for Frank. I was just I don't you know, I just like watching good wrestling, you know? Um and there was a lot of chippiness going back and forth. I mean, uh, wait, what happened? Yeah, that's what I thought. I mean, um, Oliver was the one converting, but if you look at it, if you break it down, one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five, six. Technically, Frank scored more. Frank scored six stepouts, uh, and and Oliver's. I mean, he Oliver scored two take or three takedowns or exposures. It might maybe one was an exposure, but you know, three six scores to five scores. I think it could be a match. Frank's just got to convert. Uh, definitely want to look forward to seeing that match again at uh, the Olympic qualifier. Well, I think Frank still has to qualify. Um, yeah, 74 kilos. Uh, really excited for this weight. That bottom half of that bracket was loaded. Makai Lewis, Vincenzo Joseph... Uh, Jason Nolf, Chance Marsteller, Logan Massa, 
I mean, top top half you had you had Tom. Hey, yeah. So I guess Anchor cuts you off after an hour of a recording. So I kind of rambled off for a little bit, but I didn't get too far without noticing. So I'll just kind of pick up where I left off. So I was saying the bottom half is pretty loaded. Top half you have Tommy Gant. Um, he was he's kind of the uh, the only threat to Imar. I thought going in with that top half. I mean, you get you can got you got Ness, you got Berger, you got Nazar Kulchitsky. Uh, didn't really expect much from them, especially any of those guys maybe sneaking in to be a top four guy. Uh, but oh wait, I didn't see uh, that semi with Imar and Camp. I might have to watch that match later. But yeah, but the matches that I did go back to watch, I watched Mackay versus Vincenzo Joseph. Uh, I'm a big Chenzo fan. I wrestled him back in high school. I think I got I, I got pinned both times. Uh, but no, uh, it was, I was, it was I was really happy to see Chenzo make some adjustments um, to win that match. You know, to get that loss off his back. He seemed pumped after that match. Um, yeah, he he just he I think he stayed. Out of Makai's wheelhouse. I mean, Makai was, uh, uh, he's got really good defense, really good hips. Was definitely countering Chenzo a lot in the NCAA finals. Uh, even this match, I think Makai was looking a little offensive too, if I remember, if I remember uh, sorry, English, remembering correctly. But, um, Vincenzo just, you know, stayed the course, was battling every, uh, battling through positions and then got a nice, quick, clean finish with that ankle pick. Um, getting the takedown, which, and again, that was I think that was in the first period. Oh no, it was in the second. It was in the second, uh, and then I think he got a push out. Oh no, no, he got a, he got, Makai challenged, got a point for that, and then he got a push out, which I guess iced it. Um, yeah, Makai's young. I think Makai, he's very talented, very talented. We would definitely see more of him, but I just think I don't know the train, the hype train might have been a little too high. But I mean, he was a junior world champion in his first year of freestyle competition, which is kind of nuts, very nuts. Um, but yeah, it would have been nice to see Noel versus Makai. I think Noel could have beaten him pretty good, um, but it was cool to see like a. I was really excited to see a uh, Chenzo Nolf semi. We've seen this match before, I think, at Junior World Qualifiers, I believe. I think that was when Nolf wrestled. No, we saw Vincenzo versus Mark Hall, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, Nolf ends up getting hurt, which stinks because then he just, he. I mean, Nolf will still wrestle on a hurt knee he looked bad i don't know I, I i wouldn't be able to let him wrestle if i was his coach seeing him just hobble around on that leg and just protecting it he kept that leg back on imar i mean imar gets the first period tech i think it's i think imar is the only guy that i think can stand up to burrows wait let me look at this semi i don't have to go back and watch this
Imar scored was up eight nothing, and then Gant scored seven unanswered. Yikes! Yeah, I definitely have to go watch that. Imar almost got Jordan Burrows. Or no, Imar almost got almost got uh, Henderson, Evan Henderson. Uh, McKenna was winning eight nothing, and then uh, Henderson ended up coming back. Man, I mean, Gant, yeah, they, they had a tough match last year, I believe. Let's go up to 86 kilos. I think it was all daring. I didn't really go back and watch any of the matches. Um, I did watch the, uh, again, all the medal matches, third place. It was nice to see Nate Jackson, the king of cram, uh, take third. Look, I think he looked pretty good. I mean, I saw I saw in the result that he got teched by Miles Martin. Um, I mean, that's that's definitely a, a hump he's got to get over, especially if he's gonna really start making a push, making a name for himself. But I think he's I think he's good. He's really slick on his feet. Um, I think he's got a good build for the weight. But Daringer is just a beast. Daringer, I think, is he's gonna be a a very heavy threat. At 86. I mean, you got Pat Downey there. Man, Daringer versus Pat Downey. Uh, Daringer versus David Taylor. Throw Jaden Cox in there if he's coming down. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait for the Olympic trials. I cannot wait. Cannot wait. 97 kilos. Kyle Snyder. Next topic. Uh, <laughs> basically, I, that's all I watched. I, I mean, Zomer, I think, took third. If I remember, yeah. I mean, Zomer looked big. Zomer looked big jumping up to 97. Looked real good. Wait, did he? Yeah, Zomer got teched by Snyder. That stinks he was opposite. I would have liked to seen Zomer versus Mock. I feel like that would have been a really good match. Uh, and then finally, Gable Steveson. Um... Definitely interested to see if he comes back this NCAA season. I know I don't know a whole lot of the details. I know that there was, you know, a court hearing. I saw an article that he was supposed to be. They were supposed to have like a decision back in September, I believe, but they're still. Um, I guess I don't want to say sentence or conviction. I don't know if it's anything like that. I just know that they haven't like really made a decision. I know he's not on the roster for Minnesota, but. I mean, you have you have Gable in the lineup. Maybe they don't lose lose the rider. Or wait, I gotta go back. Control F, Control Find, Minnesota. Did did Bobby win? No, Bobby lost. Gable's brother lost one nothing. That's right. If Gable was there, maybe they would have won the duel. Yeah, because it came down in the last match. Yeah, that was fun. Um, what else? What else? I guess that's it. I guess that's it for this episode. I did go. Anchor was trying to tell me this episode was really long. Uh, kind of what to expect. I always say that I'm going to post more, but I've just been really busy. And again, I kind of started this as just kind of just for myself. It's kind of, it's, it's really nice to just sit, talk about wrestling. 
by myself, but I won't be by myself next episode. That's all I'm going to leave you with. Uh, <laughs> I got a, I have a guest coming on next episode, and we got some, we got some great news, some great news to share. Uh, should be a lot of fun. We're just gonna talk, talk some wrestling, maybe local wrestling, just different stuff, you know. You know, maybe treat it like a like a Joe Rogan experience type of podcast where we just talk, you know, about their stuff, my stuff, you know, just stuff in general, wrestling stuff. Uh, should be fun, you know. Uh, and then uh, this weekend, I'm gonna try something new. Sunday, three p.m. I'm telling you like it's going to be live, but it's not. But the match is going to be live. But I'm going to post my, I guess, reaction. All right. So 3 p.m. Iowa versus Iowa State live on flow. Uh, I'm going to watch the dual meet and basically record like a pod, like like I, like I would for an episode pod, uh, for an episode of the podcast. But I'm going to call it Matt side with Austin. Or if I do it with other people, like if I'm if I watch a match by myself, I'll like match side with Austin or match side with friends. I've been talking to like my brother, I've been talking to my brother, a bunch of other people, to you know maybe get together, watch some dual meets, record it. Seems fun. I it's, I got the idea from Joe Rogan and his fight companions. I thought maybe it'd be a good idea for wrestling matches, wrestling dual meets. Uh, so I'm I'm gonna give it a shot this weekend. Uh, Iowa versus Iowa State, uh, you'd be able to, like, if you didn't watch the duel meet or uh, if you wanted to, like, watch the duel and kind of have my reaction or commentary on in the background, you can always go back and kind of sync it up. I th- I'm, I'm going to give it a shot. It should be a lot of fun. It should be really cool. So get excited for that. Um, hopefully, yeah, we should have three episodes come out in the next five days. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited. You guys should be excited, too. Um, again, I, I always appreciate any feedback you guys provide. Please follow me at, at just a wrestle pod on Twitter and, uh, at just a wrestling podcast on Instagram. Uh, yeah, uh, always anytime tweet at me, um, DM me, uh, or, uh, you know, I, I try to, I'm going to start putting out polls more. I like, I like that poll option on Twitter. Oh, speaking of that, I might as well do it. I did it for a reason. Uh, quickly, I did tweet, like, do people know the four-point near-fall rule? Uh, like, how many seconds, how many swipes do you need to get four near-fall? Do you need four swipes or five swipes? And kind of how I figured, people think you need five swipes to get four near-fall. Wrong, you only need four swipes. And the reason I tweeted this, this was so long ago, it was back during the Clarion Open, was because Ed Scott versus Brock Zackerel, uh, I mean, Brock, Ed Scott, Pennsylvania State champ. He's a high school senior, and he went to a college open, made it to the finals to wrestle Brock Zacherl, who's ranked number four at 149, four or three, I think four. Um, he, uh, they wrestled in the finals. I mean, Zacherl was controlling the match pretty well, but then, I mean, Ed Scott's dangerous. He definitely loves upper body. He ends up, like, single leg, like, lap drop throwing Zacherl to his back, and that's when I, when I was watching the match. I was like, ooh, like, like, he's got him in danger. I, If you go back and watch the tape, I believe the ref did swipe four times but only gave two near fall. I don't know if it was a miss. 
uh, like just not knowing the rule. Like he thought four near falls, two near fall, or four swipes is two near fall. But, you know, that would have given uh, a definitely a bigger lead to Ed at that time. And now who says Zacho doesn't come back and win the match? But, you know, maybe, you know, I think Ed got a little robbed there. But that's old. This is old news. We're past this. Uh, I, I touched on this the last episode that doesn't exist anymore. But, um, yeah, basically it. Anything on Twitter, uh, if you tweet at me, I'll definitely uh, shout out on the podcast or have a discussion. Um, yeah, uh, look forward to the stuff coming up. Matt, uh, again, uh, should be having a guest come on. And that episode should be out Friday, Friday morning. And then Sunday, 3 p.m., Iowa versus Iowa State, Matt's side. Uh, first episode of Matt's side with Austin. So, yeah, should be a lot of fun. And I'll see you guys next time. Thanks. Peace.